Hey, John? John? Hey, John, where did you go? John? Send more podcasters. Welcome to A Match Made in Space. I'm Allie Goodman. And I'm John Walter. And we are a married couple showing each other the 80s movies of our childhood. And today's movie is... 1985's The Return of the Living Dead. Bum, bum, bum! A semi-sort of sequel almost to uh, Night of the Living Dead. We'll get into that a little bit later. But the first thing we need to do, as always, is throw Allie under the bus with an elevator pitch. Oh, Lord, really? This quickly? Yep. I'm even holding the baby and everything? Mm -hmm. Oh, it's directed by Dan O'Bannon. Okay, all right. Um, okay, okay. Um, so I got it. So, um, this sweet and cute little dog is walking down the street and somebody takes it, splits it in half, puts it in a warehouse, and then there are lots of zombies. <laughs> I love that your focus on this movie is a dog. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, you were looking at me like, where is she going with this? I mean, I knew Where'd you were talking about, I knew you were talking about the dog. Where is she going with yeah. this? <laughs> All right. Anyway. Um, yeah. Would you like to do an elevator pitch? Yeah. I was waiting for you to, uh, to invite uh, me to. Do I have to invite you okay. to an elevator pitch? Yeah. yeah I, I figured. Yeah. I'm, I'm like a vampire. I don't, I, don't give, I, don't, I don't give you a pitch <laughs> unless I'm invited in. Um, okay. Ooh, spooky. Ooh, spooky. Uh, all right. I got it. Punks versus zombies. The end. Also, right. add, a, add a nuke somewhere. Okay, good. I'm in. <laughs> Let's do this movie. Okay, so... Wait, I, just, I want to start with this, though. I'm going to say one thing. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say one thing. Y'all know I'm not I'm not the biggest horror movie fan. We've talked about this before. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. Despite, despite being a professional zombie victim. I am a professional zombie. <laughs> go, go look at my IMDb. You'll see so. Um, the Defile, directed by Julian Grant. That's <laughs> right, although he, he didn't let us use the Z word. Oh, I know, but yeah. no, they hardly ever use the Z word in zombie movies. And I'm just saying, we weren't allowed to use the Z word even on set. So, um, yes. Uh, <laughs> Wait, is it bad? Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> they call don't, it the Zodish play. Yeah, yeah don't zizzle <laughs> while you're backstage either. <laughs> no one knows that one. What, they don't? Yeah, no one, no, or no one knows that. Or wear Z-cock feathers <laughs> on stage? Oh my God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a play called Whistling Backstage and Peacock Feathers, the Macbeth story. <laughs> Be, anyway. anyway, so I don't love I don't love horror movies, but um, I did appreciate that that John's choice on this was sort of a um, uh, a tongue in cheek. If yeah, you will. massively tongue in cheek. Yeah, actually, tongue through the open space where a cheek would be hanging out and flopping. Well, and so was so was the last one we did too. So I was very appreciative if we were going to do movies of the scare scare age that we went 
this route. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm going to be honest. Most, I mean, there's not, there's a lot of an undercurrent of humor. I've said it before. I said yeah. it last week. And, and a lot of 80s horror, even the, even the more serious ones, a lot of them, you know, like there's, there's a lot of goofiness to 80s horror. Yeah, you know, no, there I, is. There so for sure I, I, is. I, like, like, even if we'd picked a real horror movie, there'd be some dumb comedy in a lot of it, probably. Usually. Most of them have a little. A little know. bit of it. Yeah, that's true. Anyway, so um, this is, so John had shown me years, I want to say we were still living in Ravenswood. Yeah, it was, it was around 2010. I think I was, was I, I wasn't pregnant with, with No, this. maybe. 2010, 2011. Yeah. So, um, and he showed me uh, Night of the Living Dead, which, you know, again, total classic movie. An excellent movie. Not my favorite genre yeah. of movie. A movie that, a movie that costs like $11,000 to make it looks like it looks like it costs about a half million to but make it's really, it's really, it, well it was, it was important. It was an important in filmic history that I saw it. Um, and yet, and what's funny is you never wanted to see the follow-up, uh, Dawn of the Dead, which actually it does have some funny parts in yeah, it. I mean, it's yeah. not, it's still a horror movie, yeah. but it's, it's, it's a lot, it's a lot I, more satirical. I won't lie for quite some time when you talked about this movie, I thought, that's the one we were watching. Well, Dawn of the Dead is actually from the late 70s. Right. See, I didn't know that. The only dead movie we could have watched of the Romero movies would have been Day of the Dead, which is is crazy and fun, but, uh, like, it's not quite... Well, I, I won't lie. I was what I kept expecting like. to see a helicopter and a shopping mall because that's the only thing you've ever said to me about the other well, one. Helicopters and, and shopping malls, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? Am I wrong? It's, well, I mean, I, I I probably mentioned other things. Well, yes, but those are the two things you mentioned. Although the thing I probably would have mentioned that I was about to say was also kind of involved a helicopter. <laughs> Okay. So never mind. Yeah, there's a lot of helicopter in that movie. Helicopter and uh, shopping, shopping mall. So I was waiting for those things, and they didn't appear. And then I realized this was not the movie that I thought we were watching. <laughs> no. So. no, it's not. It's it's I, not the droids you're looking for. I'm also going to say this. I uh, spent the entire f- movie watching the baby. I mean, not watching him, not looking at him. I was watching the movie. But I was holding the baby, which meant... I was not able to take notes. So I my notes consist of, no joke, the number uh, that this episode is, which I think is 47, and the title. And that is it. By the way, you just reminded me to go get my notes. Oh, good. I'm glad <laughs> you have them now. I mean, I didn't take very detailed. Well, I did take detailed notes, but my detailed notes are always detailed about minutia and not the actual movie. So I may, I may entirely miss huge chunks <laughs> We're totes in the shambles right now. <laughs> oh, y'all. I might entirely mix, uh, you know. Oh, not to mention, we watched this movie about a week ago. So. Yeah, yeah, we were going to do it, and I was really sleepy. Yeah, it's your fault this uh. time. <laughs> and then, you know, of course, we have lives and children no, who well, don't. I mean, we do us. have lives, which is kind of strange. Um, the children part doesn't allow us to do podcasting at any any time. We need help. Right. Uh, so uh, exactly. anyway, but anyway, going back to Night of the Living Dead. Night of the Living Dead. Uh, because specifically, and I, 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 I was not misspeaking, going back to the actual original Night of the Living Dead. Yes. The reason I said it's sort of a semi-quasi-sequel to that. The, yeah. I mean, the official sequel to Night of the Living Dead is, you know, is Dawn of the Dead. Yes. And so on and so forth. But uh, John Russo who came up with the story and the original novel that this movie is based on mm-hmm. was the uh, co-creator of Night of the Living Dead. Mm. And when he and George Romero kind of parted ways, I think it was in the 70s, they, the agreement that they had was George Romero could, make, could continue making movies with the dead in the title. Okay. But, Dan, uh, but not Dan O'Bannon, <laughs> that's later. John Russo owned the rights to Living Dead. Which is why, you know, this is Return of the Living Dead and the, and the Romero movies are like Dawn, Dawn of, of the, the Dead, dead Day, Day of the, of the dead, dead, Land of the Dead, etc. 
It's an interesting so legal this movie, choice. Yeah, th- so this movie is like a weird quasi-sequel, and it, it is obviously a quasi-sequel because it, near the very beginning of the movie, they explicitly say that Night of the Living Dead is a movie in this universe. Yes. But it's based on a true story. Yes. You know, in this universe. In this universe. So it's a sequel to the true story that the movie was, you know, like this is what's really going on. Right. You know, and we learn there's, there's quite a few differences in the physics of uh, of the the zombies, or as they're often referred to in the in the dead movies, the the ghouls, um, yes. in this and that. By the way, John Russo played the first ghoul in Night of the Living Dead to be killed, huh. uh, the one who got stabbed through the head in yes. the cemetery or yes. whatever. Uh, that yeah, that's actually John Russo. So one of the things that John likes to do when we watch movies that he's shown me. Um, is he likes to quiz me on whether or not I actually paid attention to the movie. I only did this because you took zero notes and it was a week later. Okay. But you do this. You, you've done this to me before. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What's the movie about? Oh, yeah. Oh, you say you like movies? Name five <laughs> Name five cinematographers. <laughs> yeah, right. He'll get into <laughs> Marco Fagnoli. No, he'll get into, he'll get into, um, uh, 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 shout out to Marco, by the way. Um, he'll get into like, uh, um, uh, like a, a thing will be like, okay, okay. So what was the what was the name? What was the name of this guy? What was the name? I like of this you're guy? saying he'll get into this. This is literally the only time I've ever done it. Was about That's 20 minutes before. And we then started he starts recording. to sound sound like his his version of Stallone, which is even mm. more fun. Mm. Yeah, do it, do it. Yeah. All right, Alec, come on, come on, Alec. Yeah. All right. All right. How many people in this movie today begin with F? <laughs> All right. Which punks were which? <laughs> um. So I, I I thought it might be fun if um if if I try to if I try to help out with the plot a little bit. Okay, yeah, you can you can definitely try to do that. I mean we're gonna, <laughs> I mean uh, let's see how far you could get. Right. Um, uh, but anyway. Yeah. So all right. So the movie starts out with uh they're in they're in this. This is gonna end well. <laughs> this is not gonna end well at all. They're in medical warehouse. They are in medical warehouse. They're they in, made banner. They're in a medical warehouse. And it's Freddie, who's the sort of the young, you know, romantic lead dude supposed to be. <laughs> I guess be. he kind of is. Yeah. I mean, you know. And uh and then his I think it's his uncle. He looks kinda like a he looks kinda like a meathead frat version of Michael Rappaport, which I guess would be Michael Rappaport. Yeah, that's basically <laughs> Michael Rappaport. Yeah. Um did, but, but but like more like traditional leading man looking than Michael Rappaport looks. Sure. Um, and and I believe it's his uncle who's showing him around. Um, yeah, his the, uncle played by James Crane. Uh, who's your mentor from college? Ted. Other mentor from college. <laughs> I have many mentors. From Female college. mentor from college. Karen. James Karen. James Karen, right? James Karen. Um, yes. James Karen, who basically John and I looked at each other for about five minutes and kept going, I know this guy. I know this guy. What's he doing? Oh my God, it was so annoying. I know this guy. I mean, I know I've seen him in more things than that. And I remember saying to him, I said to him, I go, he's been in another horror movie. I know it. I can see his face. And you've only seen like five horror movies. Right. So So it had to be pretty easy to. to We were drilling it down, but yeah, he is uh, from. He's from Poltergeist. He plays plays, uh, Craig T. Nelson's. Uh, a boss. Side note: We spent literally five minutes in the car <laughs> yesterday trying to remember Craig, to remember Craig T. Nelson's, Nelson's name <laughs> without googling it. And literally, as I picked up my phone to Google it, I remembered it. Which is amazing. Uh, I know. High five to you for I that. I was like, I could remember the character he played on yes. Coach. I mean, for I could remember the real world Iowa Hawkeyes coach whose name that character was based on. I remember on. he was in, in Parenthood. His name is Zeke. Like I remembered everything else, but I could not. I, he's in the movie Alex, the Life of a Child. He plays her father. Literally, he that was play a the child. That was a TV, goddamn TV movie. 
right. based on a book. Right. Based on a real story. Some of the names that we we, we pitched out that we knew weren't right uh, included D.B. Sweeney. <laughs> uh, what were some of the other ones? Oh, that, God. Uh, we knew that. Well, the reason M. was. Emmett Walsh, J. Edgar Robinson. We knew that there was a, we knew that it was like something with a, an initial. Jan Michael Vincent. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, going back. But anyway, one thing that uh, that uh, Frank, Fred, his character, James oh, Karen's character, has in common in both Poltergeist and the, with the Poltergeist character he plays is. Because Frank's the one, I mean, his, James Karen's character in Poltergeist is the one who uh, knocked the tombstones off and uh, left, you know, the left the left the bodies uh, there uh, to, to build the houses on. You know, yeah. basically, both these characters are technically the ones responsible for what happens for for the apocalypse. Because so. what happens is they have this whole discussion in there. They talk about the Living Dead movie. He tells them the story about how the U.S. government had created this uh you know these they, they they'd done these tests and the, with this i think it was trioxin something i can't yeah. remember the name of the chemical they they he said but like in like but like 14 years ago which would have been about you know around the time night of the living dead was uh you know more or less you know the u.s government did, did these tests and you know the the bodies came back to life with this chemical and they sealed them up they couldn't they you know they sealed them in drums and they somehow got shipped to this this particular medical supply warehouse medical supply warehouse by the way is full of just all sorts of like skeletons yes. and they have what they call split dogs you know, which are like the half cut, like preserved uh, dogs for like anatomical studies hence, of dog bodies. Hence my which elevator is, pitch. Which is, which by the way, split dogs is going to be my, going to be my horror punk band if Called I ever it. start one. Um, and, uh, you know, they've got like, like weird things like butterfly, like pinned boards of butterflies. It's just all sorts of random stuff for like science classrooms. Right. But they've got supposedly these corpses from this study down in the basement, and he goes to show them. And he like he, you see him wiping off the uh, the thing so you can see inside. And there's like you can see this like desiccated corpse inside of it, and he's like you know like, and and basically he says like you know like, you know the yeah you know, like the Freddy's like um what could ha- what if these things break loose? What if they open up? You know because they've got like biohazard signs all over them. They're like leave this alone. And he's like, ah, this was built by the U.S. government. This is going to last forever or whatever. And he, he smacks, smacks it, it. And immediately there's this of like, like it cracks chemical. open this, get this chemical blast in their face. They, they collapse and we get opening credits. Yes. You know, we get some, we get some, I can't remember which, I can't remember which death rock slash horror punk song was playing over the credits, but it was, it was a fun one because this movie has much Lots like, of good music. this movie is very much like Repo Man in a lot of ways. It feels like it could live in the Repo Man universe. Could. You know, like it, it has and the like Twin a, Peaks universe. Well, well, we all know there's an overlap there. The Piper Laurie universe. <laughs> yeah, the Piper, the Piperverse. The Piperverse. But um, yeah, it could also live in the the, the they live. Universe. Well, I, I, yeah, it could live in the they live universe. Uh, you know, but anyway, it, it fit. But it very much feels. It has a very much Repo Man feel because it's got like the punk rock soundtrack. It's you know, it's it's like this absurd world. Um, by the way, we're in Louisville, Kentucky. I don't think we made it very clear. No, it's important to say that. It's 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 set in Louisville, Kentucky. For years, I thought it was set in St. Louis because there, there, there's a thing like, there's an order to going out to St. Louis near the very beginning. And uh. like the first time I saw the movie, I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> so I thought it was set in St. Louis, which made the ending especially fun for me as a Cubs fan. But, well, yeah. <laughs> but um, uh, no, no, I, I, I kid, uh, I kid the city of St. Louis. Uh, Do you? you significantly less meth. Sorry, Jenny B. Significantly less meth dealers than uh, than, than Chicago pretends. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so, so the uh, oh, sorry. So as the credits are uh, rolling and whatever, you they they end up getting up from this. Um, they're they're coughing a lot, and they finally get up and they realize that the the window that they were looking into of this drum is cracked, and whatever desiccated 
corpse that was in there. Oh yeah, and, and when the credits run, you see like the face all melting and yeah. like, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and, like great. You know, and this movie is loaded with like great Practicals. cheap practical effects, yeah. and I, you know, like like which is a delight for me. I, I love those '80s horror practical effects. So they get up, they're coughing, they're caught, they're not feeling good, but they but they get up. And they scream in horror. Apparently. Um, thanks, Jordan, for that that extra spooky, spooky help. Uh, so they, they get up and they start, you know, trying to figure out what to do because they the the um, corpsey guy is gone. Oh, oh and by the way, uh, Chekhov's, uh, Chekhov's cadaver, uh, they had one single cadaver oh, yeah. in their meat locker area, like hanging on a hook with the, you know, with the end of Layla playing in the background. Yes. Um, you know that that's the, that there's your just just as a heads up on that. Well, um, and this comes up pretty quickly because all of a sudden, as they go upstairs, they go, they come back up from the basement where these drums are living. Oh, and by the way, just so, just so we know, in this time period, at least once before this happened, we intercut to Freddie's friends. Oh yeah, the the punk kids, uh, you know, who have let's just let's just really quickly name them go and I will go. His girlfriend. There's his yeah, there's, Tina. His, there's his girlfriend Tina. There's Spider, played by uh, what is his name? Uh, oh my God, I can't remember the actor's name. He was in Tour of Duty and uh, and uh, Juana Man. Miguel A. Nunez Jr. Uh, played uh, played Spy. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Millennials know <laughs> Millennials know him as uh, the guy from Juana Man. Uh, people my age might know him from the uh, the Vietnam War era TV show um, Tour of Duty. Go ahead. Um, uh, let me see. Then there's uh, Suicide. Suicide. He's uh, he's like over the top cartoonish, like nihilist punk dude with huge chains connecting to a, a ring in his nose. Uh, there's Trash, who is the sexy girl played by a uh, scream <laughs> scream queen Leanna Quigley. Um, you know, uh, Trash we'll is very infamous. Yeah, we'll talk <laughs> in about her later. Scene. And there's a uh, Scuzz, who's just sort of a mohawk dude. And there's Casey, who's kind of a sweeter girl like the more like regular girl but not tina's the regular regular yeah, girl tina's but, the, the regular and then chuck girl. who's kind of a uh you know kind of a dorky herbert kind of guy you know yeah like he like wearing like a little like blazer and, and bow tie plaid like plaid pants uh, kind of guy probably the guy i'd be in if yeah be probably honest. yeah let's be honest so anyway they're talking about how freddie's got this new job with it you know at his uncle's uh you know Medical segment. Yeah, Frank is uh, his, his uncle. Oh, and Bert. We, we got we, rid, we well, we haven't about gotten Bert. to Bert yet. No, Bert oh, is Bert's... at the very beginning. Oh, yeah. He leaves them there and goes. Right, right. Uh, we, Bert they're is... about to call Bert. Yeah, they're, they're about to call Bert back. Uh, Bert is played by veteran uh, character actor Clue Gulliger, who's uh, Mystery Science Theater fans might know him because he's uh, the villain in Master Ninja <laughs> 1. Jesus Christ, kid. Don't encourage him to yell, Allie. I'm, I'm not. She's pinching him so he'll yell. I'm not. I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm, sl- I'm slandering him. He's also uh, he's also the head of security in the Mystery Science episode San Francisco International. And honestly, he plays, he's one of those guys you've seen a million times in 80s things. He's He usually ends up playing, like he's kind of like an A-team villain kind of guy. It's kind of like a guy who's going to terrorize a small Midwestern you've town. You've seen him before. Like you'll see him and you're like, oh, yeah, that he's guy. Got, he's got a very sort of gravelly voice. Uh, yeah, he's, so, yeah. I love Clue Gulliger. I'm so, delighted every time I see him. Uh, so but, you know. we get back to Clue Gulliger, we get back to Bert because uh, as they come upstairs, all of a sudden they realize that the cadaver that's been frozen, like you know, in this meat locker, it's screaming, starting to scream, and so they're like, "What the hell do we do?" And they also realize that other things are going on in the in the thing. They, they the, the dog is like moving. the half dog, the half is, dog moving. is moving. The butterflies are, are flapping, flapping their, their wings, wings on the pins. It's all messed up in this medical supply warehouse. I'll have to probably take that out of the red zone. I don't know why you decided to operatically say it. it's. All- messed up i was having i was having a, a sydney moment okay <laughs> sydney 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 Ooh. okay oh sydney i think you said a cindy moment no sydney okay. from finding nemo a cindy moment would be like good enough for me 
Oh, I'm, I'm not ashamed of that. I am ashamed of that. that so anyway, like the punks are all driving around. They they they, they are hanging out in the cemetery waiting for. They're, yeah, they're By trying, the way, there's a cemetery across, right across the, street. the street. They're 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 basically like, we'll wait for Freddy. Okay, like yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they got a boombox full of punk rock, and it's you know it's all fun. Yeah. Um. You know, it was it was. Oh, and uh, by the way, when they went down to the basement, just so we just so we have it here, Chekhov's third step. Chekhov's third step, and it's important to note that as they panned like up to look at the drums, it says, "In case of emergency, call, call U.S. Army, US Army Gabriel. this number." And, That's also Chekhov's phone number, right? And yeah, and there's a there's a bit actually right at the beginning too, where this general in Los Angeles is like his oh, wife is right. giving him hell about like, "Why don't you come home? You're always working late. You're always whatever." And he's like, "I have to be on the phone. We've got to find them." You know, just because obviously yes, that's the that end result the of that end. phone yeah. number, you know, yes. but he's put in it, he's seated in pretty early, but they're not going to call this number because they don't want the U.S. government to come and like, they're going to get in trouble, right? you know, and like, like you know, and they, they, you know, they're like freaking out because they, you know, you can't call the government. If the government comes, they're going to, you know, blah, blah, blah. So they, so they, they're not going to call the number. They decide to, what they're going to do is they're going to open the meat locker. They're and, like, cause they, they'd seen the movie Night of the Living Dead. <laughs> so they're like, they're going to hit him in the head and kill him. But wait. But Bert shows up first. That's, no, Bert's there. Oh, oh Bert's you, there. You, you oh. said Bert had showed up. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. So right. I was getting, I was moving on. Moving on. Sorry. So, uh, so yeah. So basically the deal that they have here is Bert makes Frank hold a pickaxe <laughs> and makes, makes, uh, makes Freddy open the, uh, the thing. And it's really funny because I, I feel like that's kind of the reverse of how the world should be. I feel like you should have the big, strong kid. Yeah. With the pickaxe, but instead they give, like, the dumpiest guy in the room. <laughs> and he's, they're both scared. Everybody's scared. Yeah, everyone's freaking out. They open the door. This guy comes out. He's all yellow from, like, the formaldehyde or whatever. Yeah. He's just this yellow naked dude comes running into the room, screaming. And they have this whole big fight. Uh, they, they manage to nail his head to the floor with the pickaxe. And he's still moving around. They're like, we thought he was uh, supposed to. Work. And he's like. Well, I guess the I guess the movies aren't right, you yeah. know. And so we actually get into this is the first of the the first major change. Between this and the Romero movies, is that the zombies? Well, I'm just going to call them zombies for a yeah, better term. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, the, is, is that the zombies can't be just killed by destroying the brain? Right. There are a couple others. Actually, another major change that you see in this scene is the the zombies are fast. They're, they are. You know, they move which uh, there's there's other movies. And and to be honest, the speed of the zombies in the original Night of the Living Dead is very inconsistent. Some of them move pretty quickly too. But by Dawn of the Dead, Romero zombies are kind of trudgy. And I guess like the idea is that their bodies are getting stiffer from rigor mortis or something. But um, but again, this like this guy, this yellow, this yellow zombie is much faster. And, you know, he's and I believe he also is talking by this. Does he say brains? Uh, no, I don't but think he, screams, he screams, which you don't really hear. The zombies in Romero movies just go. Mm, they moan a little bit, but that's about it. Or, yeah. or things like that. But um so, but they, they can't kill him this way. They've got this pickaxe through his brain. They cut his head off and his body's just running around. And his mouth's still going, ang, ang, Yeah, his mouth's going, ang, ang, ang. Yeah, like, so they're like, oh no, what are we going to do? And they have to tackle his body and tie it up. And they dismember him. And he's in lots of little pieces. And they're like, well, what do we got to do? And they're like, we got to burn him up entirely. We got to get rid of him. Yeah. You know, like, we got to, this has got to go. So, luckily... Across the street. Bert's friend Ernie. And by the way, no relation according to Dan O'Bannon. It didn't even occur to him. That it was Bert that, and Ernie. Uh, yeah, Bert and Ernie. Um, so they, uh, you know, Ernie runs the mortuary across the street connected to the cemetery. And so he goes over there and you see like Ernie, I mean, Bert is, uh, Ernie, pardon me, is like fixing up a cadaver, you know, doing doing all the, all the preservation stuff with the formaldehyde and everything, blah, blah, blah. 
and they come in and pretty much, you know, they're like, we got to destroy this, uh, you know, this, we, we got to, you know, we got to destroy this body. And right. we're going to cut back to the punks real quick because this definitely happens before that. Sure. Long before this point, I think, because we can't go too far into this movie <sighs> in this cemetery party without one of those famous pieces of gratuitous nudity in 80s cinema. <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, you've got, you've got Leanna Quigley in a movie. <laughs> She's going to tear her clothes off almost instantly. Trash pretty much just rips her clothes off and starts dancing well, before naked. before she does, she yeah. says that one of her biggest oh, yeah. fantasies. Well, no, like fears. Oh, fears. Sorry, fears. Her, she's, her, her, her biggest fear, like they're in the cemetery and they're just talking about being, you know, like. She being, says, oh, it's a fantasy. Yeah. Uh, she's uh, like her, yeah, fear slash fantasy is that she's going to be ripped alive by a bunch of men. You know, a bunch of old men, or a bunch of old men, yeah. And that's her that's her biggest fear. And then like, and then she like takes her clothes off. Then she takes her clothes off and starts dancing to music, and everyone's kind of cheering and whatever. And it it's totally gratuitous, and it's and it's hilarious because and it's she's so gratuitous. Literally just I mean, it's a, it's an eighties horror movie. You got to get those boobs in there somehow. I guess. <laughs> you know. So, um, meanwhile, oh yeah, there's um. Meanwhile, there's like this huge, big, uh, big fight going on (laughs) because I was just laughing about the fact that Jordan's looking at me as you're talking about this, this whole thing. And he's looking at me like, yeah, get the boobs in there somehow because he's breastfeeding right now. So he's very, very happy with this. Thank you for interrupting me with that nonsense. I just thought it was funny. Get your little Leche League nonsense out of here. Let me finish my story. (laughs) No, anyway. So I'm I'm getting into character because right now we're getting to suicide. And suicide's real angry. Like, like, uh, what's her name? Is uh, trying to approach him to be like, you know, to talk. You know, like, I can't remember who was trying to talk to him. I guess Cindy. Um, Not Cindy. Not her name. Casey. Casey. Someone was trying to talk to him and he's like. Oh, yeah. Getting all defensive. You think this is a uniform? (laughs) You know, he's like trying to be like, he's he's getting all his angry punk rock crap. It's a real out. life. It's real life. Oh, by the way, they're driving around in his car, which says suicide on the front. It's got graffiti all over it. It's a real piece of shit car. Um, so anyway. Um, yeah. Anyway, that, so they, they're having their little punk rock angst party out there. And uh, at this in the point, meantime, Bert, they, they Bert move... shows up to Ernie and Ernie pulls a gun on him. Yeah, cause because he he's working that. alone and like in the dark with headphones on. He's listening to like classical music. And, uh. And they're like, whoa, 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 whoa there, buddy. And um, basically... Um, Bert basically lies and says, we have, I need your help. I need you to help me um, get rid of these weasels. That, <laughs> rabid weasels. Rabid weasels. And he's like, I have them all in these bags. And they bring in the uh, Frank and um, and Freddy. And they walk in. And at this point, Frank and Freddy aren't looking so great. Yeah, they yeah, they look a little run down. Yeah, they look a little they run down. They get, a little, they, they get much more ragged later. Yeah. Now, in fact, I don't know that they're even not, I don't know that they're looking that bad at this point. Little, you can see a little under their eyes. I think eyes. maybe they got a little, yeah, yeah. maybe a little red-eyed at this point. Yeah. So anyway, so um, so so uh, Ernie's like, well, I'm not going to do that to weasels. Like, that's terrible. Let's take them out back and let's, you know. Get, let's just shoot them. them. Yeah, and he's like, no, 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 no. And they, they finally end up having to kind of tell him the truth. Yeah. And. He's like, what the hell is this? And they're like, he, but he takes him down to the crematorium and he's like, you know, it's like, you got to burn him down, leave him to nothing. You know, he's mm-hmm. like, he's like, yeah, there's, you know, it's a, you know, when you burn this, it leaves nothing except, you know, except maybe the heart because that's the, you know, the heart's the hardest to burn because it's got, doesn't have a lot of fat in it. It's all just pure muscle. muscle. And they're like, well, you got to burn it and he'll all turn it up higher. Yeah. Like, like you got to leave nothing. Like, it'll leave nothing but ashes. Why don't we want the ashes? Well, I'll turn it up even higher. Yeah. yeah. So you see them burning it up and all this kind of smoke and vapor comes up. And uh, at, at that same point, time. at the same time, like at, it starts going out of the chimney and up into the clouds. And at that point, uh, like the music of it made Allie say, is this the scene in Ghostbusters? Yes. Because it was like, it, It's like the scene when they open up the containment. Yeah. <laughs> please. 
and then like all of a sudden the rain starts and you start to realize that as the as the chimneys got the smoke and the rain is coming down it's all going into the ground and they're water. like and of course we get it some some 80s stuff because they're basically we're talking about acid rain yes you know uh which you don't really hear people talk about as much anymore no. even though it still exists um <laughs> It's probably not as bad now. Like, I'm sure there have been some environments. Acid rain. No. No. What is this? Yeah, no. (laughs) Um. So you get a cutaway shot of, like, the the water hitting the cemetery. And, like, it pans down to a casket. And you see, like, a foot, like. Starting to dance. Starting to dance a little bit. And you see, like, the bodies start climbing up. And you see this classic shot of this skeleton comes bursting out of the ground. But it has eyes, eyeballs. Yeah. You know, and. Which makes all the sense in the world. (laughs) <laughs> and, and and honestly it starts to terrorize oh by, and by the way they could not have found a more goth ass cemetery for this oh yeah and <laughs> then they, just... so they start so, so they start terrorizing the punks yeah they start terror and they're like running around and like the punks are like oh my god and they're you know they, they run to the car and well some of them run to the car actually no they were in the car before they before the they, they run to the car because of the rain oh right and they're trying to get the car started and they can't and and Trash's clothes are not there, so she's, like, asking for a towel. And Suicide's like, I don't have a fucking towel in my car! Yeah. You know? So, uh, so anyway, they, um, they, they're, 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 they, 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 they try to run away from, from that. They all get split up in, like, various ways. And they try and run, run, like, some of them run to the mortuary. You know, Tina's freaking out, you know, trying to find, uh, Freddie. trying to find Freddie. Like, I think she runs to Freddie's job. She does. She runs to the medical supply place. And, uh, that's when she basically falls down the, uh, she, she ends up falling on the third step. Yes. And when she gets down there, um, that's when, uh, you, you see, is that the first time we see Tar Man? I think, yeah, the Tar Man. And, you know, he and turns and he's a wonderful character. He's a, got a lot of, like, he's a wonderful practical effecty kind of like this molten guy. Like, they, they call him a tar man later in the movie because he kind of looks like he's made of dripping tar. Right. But, like, he's like that rotting, the, the rotting corpse that they thought had dissolved when it came in contact with the air, but it did not. He just went away, you know, and he says, he says, brains. Yes, brains. And, uh... Anyway, around this time, they 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 get saved. Like the the punks uh, start kind of some of the punks save her, and suicide ends up getting attacked immediately by the tar man, and he's the first to go. Yes. Um, and uh, <laughs> and they can't save him, and so they can't save him, and they they're running to the they run to the, they run like some of them end up in the uh, in the in the mortuary. Right. Uh, that's a spider scuzz. Uh, is team in the mortuary yet or does she come I don't later remember. spider scuzz uh, chuck and casey are separated for a yes. while they're like hiding in the cemetery <laughs> well, that doesn't sound so good buddy oh Oop. well good catch daddy that was cool that i just caught vomit we're gonna pause this for station identification <laughs> Okay, folks, the real horror is parenting. <laughs> so yeah. anyway, as I was saying, so the the split up is Spider and Scuzz are are in the mortuary or heading to the mortuary. Uh, Casey and Chuck are uh, they end up at the warehouse. They, they end up hiding at the warehouse later, you know, at this by this point. Right. You know, and I and Tina, I guess, has gone to the mortuary too at this point. Yeah. She, she's been rescued. And um that's around the time. Uh, this is around the time that Trash, who is separated from everybody, is trapped in the cemetery running. She trips, falls in the mud, and a bunch of a bunch of dead old men come and tear her apart. Right. Basically. Well, they kill her. So now, so that's two dead bodies so far. Yes, that that is two. We have we have lost we have we have lost Trash and we've lost Suicide. Yes. 
Yeah. And uh, and basically by this point, um, that by this point the paramedics get called. Oh yeah. And um, the the paramedics, uh, they actually the the first set of paramedics makes it in, right? They don't come yet because they they don't come until um, until they call because because both um, Freddie and Frank are aren't looking so good. That's what I'm saying. They call oh, them for Freddie yeah. and Frank. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. They call the paramedics for Freddie and Frank. Yeah, the, the first set. Okay, it's not. This isn't that scary a part, buddy. It's coming um, up, buddy. It's coming the, up. The, 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 fir, the first wave of paramedics actually makes it in. Yes, they do. And they're examining Freddie and Frank, and what they find out is Freddie and Frank's t- body temperatures are around seventy-one and seventy-two degrees, respectively. Um, they're they're feeling very stiff. They've got blood pooled up where they've been laying down, which we know a little bit about because when we first walk in and see Ernie, he's uh, working on somebody whose who's rigor mortis is starting to set in, and he explains that he's. Uh, he's like moving their muscles so that the rigor mortis doesn't get set. But yeah. you see there's like a big, um, what looks like a big bruise on the man yeah, that he's yeah, working exactly, on. Yeah. And it's because that's where the blood is pulled. Right. So basically, basically they're like, the, the paramedics are like, we don't quite understand this because you're technically dead. Like they don't have a pulse. They don't have, they're dead. But they're still alive. And they're, you know, like, and they're, they're getting colder. And they're, you know, like they, they don't, you they're know, they're, they're they're in pain. They don't. They they feel stiff. They like they just look really really sick. But they are they. But like you know, like basically they're like you know like dead people. You know, <laughs> no, dead people don't move around and talk. But you know, what are you gonna, you know, what are you gonna do? Yeah. You know, so they go. So anyway, the paramedics go to leave, and that's when they're set upon yeah, by, by by the dead. And there's a, there's a creepy legless corpse. That um, I don't know if that's an effect or if they actually had an actor who didn't have legs. I don't know what they because did. because look because like it moves so fluidly that yeah. I think it might have been an actual person. Like I didn't I didn't look it up, but they're they're attacked, they're killed, um, and and then the the beginning of a, a very classic trope from this movie is one of the one of the one of the dead wanders over, grabs the radio, and says, "Send more paramedics." <laughs> so we have like a whole thing where and it gets like this whole like. The, the uh they, they they basically Bert and Ernie and Scuzz and Spider and Tina are all are, are now trapped in the mortuary and they they they're they're trying to barricade everything in. Um, I around this time a second wave of paramedics comes and is instantly swarmed instantly on. Instantly swarmed and killed. Like it like like to, it kind of reminds me if you've seen if you've seen uh the Fellowship of the Ring movie when the the dead from uh. You know, from the you know that uh, Aragorn calls back, uh, like start like attacking and like washing like a wave over things. It just it's like basically the dead just come out of nowhere, kill him and run off. You know, like and run rampant. Yeah. Um, but they they're barricading in the classic zombie movie. You know, you know, base under siege uh, format. They're barricading the walls. Uh, the the punks are demanding an explanation from Bert, and Bert has that classic line: "I don't have to tell you any explain anything to you, dick brain or whatever." <laughs> You know, uh, they're trying to and, do everything uh, that they can to keep these guys out, but that's right. Not and while good. they're doing the barricade, Scuzz, while trying to fight them off, is dragged off and and killed. Right. Um, but they manage to capture this half corpse, uh, this woman, this leg, like completely legless woman. Basically, you can see like what looks like a tail is essentially her, her spine, spine flapping around, and they 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 take her and strap her down to a table, and they're ba- they basically interview her, and she can she can she's speaking. And she's a puppet, obviously, and you know, and she's like, she's speaking this oh, voice, and she explains that like basically being dead is constant pain, and the only way they can get rid of this pain is to eat brains. 
Right. And that is, again, another difference between the Romero zombies, a couple of other differences between the classic Romero zombies and this franchise's zombies, is that the zombies can speak, they can plan things, uh, they, you know, they, and they feel pain, and they eat only brains. The Romero zombies eat whatever. The other thing that I would like to point out is I think it's kind of awesome that they gave they gave the zombies like motivation. Yeah. You know, it's not just oh without, you know, yeah. it, it, there's actually a reason why yeah. they need to eat the yeah. brains. Being anything. dead being dead it hurts and they can't die. And they, right. And so they can't they can't, they can't get you can't they, it won't it won't end for them. Right. You know. So it's just constant pain. Unless the only they, way unless to they fix eat brains and get a momentary respite. Yeah. Which is and, just um, just actually way more horrible when you think about it. You know, and at one point they're holed up in the Wee Chapel of the Dawn, yes. <laughs> which is the name of the chapel in the mortuary. Which, like, I just found that humorous. That's, that's where they that's where they toss. Actually, that's where they toss um, Frank and Freddie because they're life. starting to look really bad, and they're like, they, like everyone's kind of putting it together that they're going to turn into. And Tina, except like, for Tina, who's an who, idiot. Tina, Tina's the love struck idiot girl. She's like, she's sticking with her man, you know. So she stays in there in the chapel with the two of them. <laughs> You know, which is, of course, a brilliantly bad idea. Um, which, of course, they break out of. You know, and uh, and by the way, yeah, they break out of it. At one point, like, I, I have the line, Clue did it in the chapel with a lead pipe. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> he, he, he hits them with a lead pipe. and they, they, get her, they get her back out after they completely, they're finally broken down. They're zombies, too. Uh, the cops keep coming and keep getting killed. Which is Like, hysterical. it's just this endless thing of, like, they... You know, like they just they like the like they 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 just keep throwing wave and wave of person after all of this. It's a it's ACGE. All cops get eaten. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, there's a whole thing like they're trying to like escape. They remember there's a phone number to call. Right. And they're they like, we gotta call. Like yeah. as much as they were like they weren't gonna want to call the government. They're like, there's nothing we can do. We gotta call this number and get them to fix it. But they have to get out and they have a car and they're gonna try to escape. Uh, they're going to try and get to the car and go over, but it turns out, um, in the in the scrapping with the zombies, uh, Eddie, er, Ernie breaks his foot. Yes, and so he can't he can't run. So they're going to have to go like there. So Spider and Bert are going out to get to the car. Right. You know, and I love that they kind of fight with each other, but they have mutual respect. That's the thing I I, I kind of love about Clue uh, Gulliver's character in this movie is he doesn't necessarily he, he's shitty to the kids but he's also like he still treats them like hey we gotta you know we gotta all work together right you know and but like so but anyway they and go Tina they, kind of freaks out because she sees that they that they're driving off you know and she yeah, they fight yeah they fight their way to the car uh, you know and and, and, yeah, and she's Ernie like, and Tina see that they're gonna leave and they and, drive off and she's like they're leaving us they're leaving us and Ernie says they have to yeah and so there, and they, there's a scene where they're driving around hitting hitting zombies in the car, and, and like it's all hectic. And they 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 kind of end up crashing the car, like right by the the warehouse. They run into the warehouse. In know. the meantime, Ernie and Tina uh, realize. Oh, that and they Casey, gotta... and at this point, Casey and Chuck have been killed. Uh, I right. think at, like around this point by the they, tar man. They have to. Get, I think so. They have to get up. They have to get up through the. the or no, they say they saved Casey and Chuck, don't they? I don't think Casey and Chuck died. I don't think they do. At least not in this part. Uh, uh, I forgot. Yeah, but I Ernie they, and Tina have to get. They they realize that they have to get off ground, and so Ernie looks up and realizes that there's a there's almost like a an there's attic. A, or yeah, like, there's a, there's a crawl space in crawl the attic. Space. So he he pulls them both up, and they knock down the the ladder. The ladder. And, and uh, you hear um, like you can hear uh, Freddie is now is calling out. You know, Looking like, Tina. Tina, I yeah. love you. I just want to eat your brains. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and and they're, so they're up in the attic. They're, they're, and, and you see, uh, like, 
uh, Ernie is holding on to Tina, like giving, like reassuringly from behind, and you see him reaching for his pistol, you know, and kind of pointing it toward her, towards her, because he, like, he, you know, like, basically, like, he, he does not, he knows this is going to be bad. Yeah, this is going to be very like, bad. Like, it, like, he's obviously setting himself up to, like, do a mercy killing of her yeah. before, before, uh, before this could happen. Right. Um, they, meanwhile, in the, in the medical supply warehouse, Clue uh, <laughs> Gulliger at one point says, Oh no! But before we get to that, um, Frank ends up. Uh, oh yeah, ends Frank. Up, Frank has this tearful moment. He's looking at his wedding ring, and he, he goes to the basement, and he looks into the the the, the crematorium, and he, he he takes his wedding ring off, and he puts and it on the switch. Puts it on the switch, turns it on, and then uh, and climbs in. in. And the funniest thing about this is the realization that this scene apparently came to be because James Karen. Like, didn't want to, like, you know, the, uh, the outside is all rainy and whatever. And apparently, it, this was filmed in L.A., but, like, it was apparently kind of cool, you know? like Cold outside. Cold for L.A., like yeah. 60 degrees. And he didn't want to be wet in 60-degree weather. <laughs> so he said, well, why don't we do this thing where... <laughs> And it actually, it works. works it's really a better well. scene. Yeah. You know, because he was going to turn into, like, a full-bore zombie, apparently. Yeah. You know, and be outside. Uh, but... It rather ends, than that, rather than that, you, he climbs tearfully into the into and, and cremates himself. You know, to, he to sacrifices like, himself. And um, and there's this great moment where they're um, you know, uh, where uh, they, they the tar man is now. They they run into the tar man. He's locked in behind the door, and they're going to open the door uh, to let the tar man out because they have to get down to the basement. And uh, was it Clue that said it, or was it or was it Spider? Says, I'll knock his fucking head off. I don't remember. <laughs> but what happens is they actually he actually does knock his fucking head off. Yeah, it's really good. Like he just like probably like, Bert. That's all the thing Bert yeah. would say. Yeah, like he knocks his head clean off, <laughs> which is which is fantastic. Yeah. Um. Me. Uh, meanwhile, we're cutting back. Uh, Freddie is like telling Tina, like you hear him scream, and he's like, "Listen, to what listen to what you made me do. You made me break my hand off." Yeah. <laughs> you know. So. Um, and, and that's think, actually where Ernie's pointing the gun at Tina. Yeah. And they get down. They manage to make the phone call. Yeah. Like, the, the first line was dead. There's a zombie that comes through the wall. They have to run and find a different phone. They finally make the call. The general is awakened. He's like, okay, okay. Why didn't you call right away? Oh, I understand. That's understandable. Okay, okay. And he hangs up the phone, and immediately he calls for a tactical, like, a tactical nuclear strike of the small nuclear warhead at fired right at their location which uh, like you see basically everything starts to happen uh freddy starts breaking into the attic freeze frame like all the stuff is going on freeze frame freeze frame freeze frame trash by the way is leading an army of zombies against the cops i forgot to yes, mention that that's part. right like she this naked this naked horribly like mutilated looking zombie like zombie chick is like like leading the leading this army horde against the cops who are getting overrun they keep losing they're losing more and more you know losing they can't more figure and more people. out why they can't, figure out, they can't stop them because again nothing kills them right so a 20 square block radius of of Louisville is hit by a small nuclear device and just and, and completely just destroyed. destroyed. And they're and like we've contained the problem, they're celebrating. It's like that was horrible that we had to do it. We, we you know, but we're going to we're going to say it was an accident of like they're 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 co- they're going to cover it up. It's going to be this this terrible disaster that somehow happened. I think I can't remember what they were going to say caused it, but like, you know, they they had like this whole, you know, and it's like thank goodness the problem's contained. 
and then you see all the smoke go up to the clouds and it literally it replays the exact same sequence. Same sequence scene. Uh, you know? It's and like then a we cartoon get, where they yeah. use the same, same background. Yes, exactly. Exact same but scene. But I, I love that, how cheap it is. Like, yeah. They, yeah, everyone, so basically everyone we knew and cared about in this movie is instantly vaporized and it also doesn't solve the problem. Right. And then with cl- the closing credits, we get kind of highlights of the movie. Yeah, which is <laughs> just so replayed. bizarre, yeah. So that's pretty much the film. That is, yeah, that is, that's Return of the Living Dead. Yeah. Um, it, you know, I, I guess I, I, I was gonna, I was gonna start talking, but I think you, you probably, if we're, if we're wrapping this up, you probably uh, wanna. You, you probably have to ask the question. Uh, except you're the one who actually is supposed to ask the question. Oh, I asked the first question. Yes, you do. Oh, is it my, is it my first question? Yeah. So, John. Was this? I thought it was. You were supposed to ask if if I'm if I no, honey, honey, I've done this. I've done this a lot. Have you? Have you done this? Let me give you. You always have this prompt. I do. (laughs) That's not it. Uh, uh, Hold on, y'all. I don't know why we're arguing instead of you just running with it. By the way, Uh, John, was it worth revisiting? (laughs) Yeah, see, number one. I'm, I'm going to take a picture of this and put it up at some point. Uh, was it worth revisiting? Yes, it was. I love this movie. I have not seen this movie since the 90s. It's been a long time since I had seen it. Like, I like I remembered large swaths of it, but I kept being surprised by bits and pieces of it that I hadn't seen in a while. Right. You know, like how quickly the cops get swarmed. Yeah, it's pretty funny. <laughs> um... Uh, yeah, it's a delight. It's 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 got a very like weird, crazy, rompy punk rock feel to it. I mean, the, the soundtrack helps, but you know, and the fact that half the characters are punks, but it, like it it feels very like weirdly eighties nihilistic in a fun way. Like not like pure nihilism, but like it's just this you know crazy. The government is you know not to be trusted. I the government's behind it. They're not to be trusted. Everyone's an idiot. Everyone like you know like you know like it's it's people pay for the mistakes of others in like you know like. It's it's got a lot of tongue in cheek humor that you don't you know you don't get a lot of that in the Romero movies. Sure. You get a little bit in you know here and there, but like it's you know it's it's definitely it's it it's got it's got a lot of gore. It's got a lot of like ridiculous pointless nudity. It's it's just a fun trashy eighties movie. Sure. So yeah, I I think it's a delight. Um, and before I go any further, before I tell you this, I forgot to mention, people might really know Dan O'Bannon. He's also the screenplay writer for the first Alien. Oh. And I learned a bit of trivia. He suffered from Crohn's disease, which eventually killed him. And he he claimed that uh, the feeling of a Crohn's attack is what inspired him for the ch- famous chest-bursting scene in Alien. And, and Dan O'Bannon did a bunch of other things. He worked on, like, he worked on sequences for Heavy Metal, uh, the, the animated movie. Uh, did a bunch of other... Did a lot of like cheap horror movies and things. That was kind of his deal. And, and there have been several sequels to this movie. Um, I, I'm pretty sure I've seen Return of the Living Dead 2, but it's been a long time. I've not seen 3. I know a lot of the cast actually comes back as different characters. Which is just random. Well, I think it's kind of cool, because they all got killed at the end of it, so it's not like, so there's no, you know, but like, you know, it's, you know, it's one of those things that's like, hey, you know, it sucks, you, you, you couldn't work this movie again as your character because they were killed. Why not just bring them back as, just have them play different characters? Sure. Like, I, it's been a long time, I cannot, I, but I cannot remember. I, I, I know I've seen parts, at least parts of two, but I don't remember any of it. But yeah, I, I mean, the sequels are obviously like all horror sequels. Most, most of the time, not all, but most, diminishing returns. The original one is the, is the one to go with um, if you're looking for a, a good time, 100%. Uh, but that's it. And now I'm going to ask you, in your opinion, was it worth watching? As, as a known... Horror agnostic. <laughs> so, I, I mean, yes, I, I, I'll say it was. It was definitely more fun than um, a lot of you know what you would consider a horror movie. I, I mean, I don't really consider it. A, I consider it 
like you said, like it's more it's, of a it, it has comedy, scares. It's a comedy horror. Yeah, like it, it's it, it balances the horror fairly well. Like it isn't it isn't just a comedy. It does it, it does have like lots of horrifying passages. And, yes, and it if does. you if you remember that the effects were pretty much standard for the day for horror. You know, it, it, they're kind of funny now because we, you know, we, we look at you know, right. old effect. Any effect from 30 years ago, you know, like other than a few exceptions always looks a little cheesy. So, I, I mean, I, I that's Jordan's opinion. <laughs> Sing more moms. Um, so I think that, uh, yeah, in my, I, I, I think it's worth seeing at least once. I mean, it's, it's. Many, many it's times. It's smart. It's a smart, dumb movie. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like, it actually knows what it's doing. It knows that it's making better... Um, it's clever in that it, it it's actually deep... When you really go deep on it, like, oh my gosh, these poor zombies are actually almost a pathetic race now because they, they're in a situation where they're always in pain and there's nothing you can do to, to resolve it. And, you know, even when you neutralize them you're not really neutralizing them like there's yeah. like a lot of horror that the deeper horror to me is actually what 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 happens to the whole city what happens to mm-hmm. everyone and it's it's not what it's it's actually not even the storyline itself it's what is the deeper uh, psychological horror of it and that's actually weirdly enough i find that to be much more interesting and clever mm-hmm. the movie itself it's it's a it's it's a dorky fun comedy horror romp you know what I mean I mean it's really all that it is but it's worth it because I also think that I who's the actor that plays Ernie again Ernie yeah that's um Don Kalfa I believe is his name I gotta tell you he he knocks it out of the park he's really good he knocks it out of the park he's killing it he's killing it in this in that he plays it Absolutely seriously, he's very subtle. I, if I'm not his... mistaken, I think he's in the third movie. It is another character. He, I don't think he could be in the second one. I think scheduling was bad, but he definitely like they like they like he definitely. I think I think they loved working with him. I mean, he's, he's, uh, he's very he's subtle in his commentary and his approach. Yeah, he does. This, oh, he's, he's also in uh, what is he? He's in something else. He plays like an incompetent hitman in a, in an early '90s movie, and I can't remember oh, which maybe, one. Maybe I don't know. But it's but a big either, movie. But either way, I remember like, looking him up, and I'm like, oh, that guy. And I can't remember the movie now, but yeah, he's. I mean, I it, you know again like I those. people pieces of it are always fun for me to watch. I'm literally getting chewed apart by our zombie son right now. Oh, yeah, He's yeah. teething and just gumming my arm. Yeah, but anyway, so, yeah. So it was good timing in, in doing this movie. So anyway, I, yes. I will say, weirdly enough, yes, I think it's worth watching and I definitely think it's, if you're someone who loves this kind of, you know, genre, it's 100% worth watching. If right. you're someone like me, I wouldn't originally have said, yes, go run out and see this. But if you kind of are like, oh wow, there's like a there's like it's a dorky romp, but it's also got a little bit of a deeper side to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of interesting to to kind of delve I hate to be like, we should delve into this comedy horror, but a little bit. Like it's interesting. I find that part of it yeah. um intriguing. Let's put it to you that let's put it that way. Well yeah. And I, I it's not the last of the comedy horror movies I'll one day show you, but I'll I'll maybe wait until next year before you That's before probably a good idea. Yeah. I kinda <laughs> like that idea. Yeah. Oh we're, we're, gonna, gonna, we're, we're, gonna, we're gonna we're gonna be we're gonna be we're gonna be out of October soon anyway, right? Yeah, yeah. oh yeah, this is the last October episode we have. Yeah. But um I before we before we wrap completely up, I also want to go back because I didn't talk about it quite as much as I'd like. Is much like Repo Man, this movie has an excellent soundtrack of yes. that of that era. I mentioned it briefly, but um like when the zombies come up out of the ground in the cemetery it's uh it's the classic uh the classic single from 45 grave party time that's a good um one. there's uh you've got songs by the cramps you've got songs by tsol uh rocky erickson of uh, 13th floor elevators uh, has a song on there the damned have a song um 
it like it's 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 a really good like fun soundtrack as well. It's it's one of the it's one of the top tier eighties movie soundtracks for me. It's not quite as good as Repo Man's soundtrack on the whole, but it's a darn it's pretty good. It's a darn good soundtrack. I would give you that. Um, cool. So awesome! Wow. All right. All right. Well, we can be found all over the map. Um, There's a lot know, of us. There, yeah, we've we've been chopped into tiny pieces. When we look like rabbit. <laughs> we look like rabid uh, weasels. weasels. Um, yeah. You know, because you know that's what you that's what you get shipped when you work in a medical lab. Right. Anyway, but we can be found online. Uh, we have a website, matchmadeinspace.com. We have an email, matchmadeinspace at gmail.com. We have an Twitter account. That is at M-M-I-S podcast, which is short for Match Made in Space. <laughs> we have personal uh, Twitter accounts. Allie is at Allie Goodman underscore Goodman. That's A-L-I underscore Goodman. I am at Hitler Puncher. Um, we also have a Facebook page yes, that do. I don't really pay attention to because I'm not a Facooky kind of guy. But uh, you know, uh, we'll put, at least put the episodes up there. We and you will. Can, you can They're all actually and, up there right now. Yeah, they, yeah. The complete archive is up that way. If, they, if that's how you want to, if that's easier for you to interface, right? Exactly. Um, and well, also, I don't know. We uh, find us on iTunes or uh, whatever it's Apple, Apple Podcasts. Podcasts, and I, we probably. I'm sure if you search around, you can find our RSS feed. And I, you know, we should probably try to get on Stitcher or something just for people who, for some reason, want to use Stitcher. Um, uh, but um, and also, you know, it, it helps the podcast and helps helps people find us if you rate and review us. I know it's like annoying, and I always listen to podcasts in the car, so it's hard for me to remember to go rate and review. But if you happen to be right. pulling to your house while you right. hear this, just just pop on to Apple Podcasts and and just give us a very quick right. rate. And, and review. folks, I want to talk to you about Casper mattress. <laughs> no. Um. <laughs> Anyway, that's um, actually funny that John mentions that because one of the things that um, we were talking about was was the fact that you know you you listen to these podcasts and a lot of times you hear these you know they're they've got whatever you know you know you're talking about podcasts that have like lots and lots of listeners with our you know mm-hmm. legion of fan that we have but uh, lots lots of listeners and you'll get these like great deals that they'll you know partner up with do partnerships with things like Casper Mattress have we really talked about this or are you deciding to talk about no, this no you now? and I have talked about okay. this it's not on the podcast we've okay. never talked about this I'm no 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 I know I'm saying have we yes we have <laughs> was and, I drunk no and and because I'm SAG after I'm in the union and John is not um I, I have to go research it, but there's a chance that if we ever do partner up with a company, I, that but I here's the problem: have... Ali sag after, and I'm virulently anti-capitalist, so we we have a, we're we're at an impasse. Well, here. I would, but the thing is, I have to find out whether or not there's a contract or you, for or, or we honestly God, or we could just or we could just beg for money and like we could just just panhandle like just panhandle like, like, like out, just stand out on the street corner. We have a podcast. We should, give us money. We should start a coffee or Ko-Fi account. We or really whatever. should. I mean, or because yeah, if anyone wants to give us like a dollar, a couple well, bucks, thing, well, that's know? what I was about to say is that like you know it is the reason i'm even bringing it up is that december's this coming is completely around be, i'm being blindsided by this oh and our oh we got the uh our, the, our, our yearly our, our yearly, our yearly fees. fees are coming up and it's just it's starting to get a little hard because as the it always happens that as the year ends and then we have jackson stuff that starts in the beginning of the year because we have to pay Ow. all of jackson stuff out at the beginning of the year that it's just like a lot of uh stuff happens all at once but we're willing to do something for you oh go um, to jumpforjackson.com if you want to help us pay those expenses well right but i'm but but i'm saying we're willing to like i don't know make you some sort of I don't know, podcasty art of some kind. Oh, are know. we? Oh, are we now? Well, it could be something that we do. We do on. A <laughs> I just love that we've suddenly. Are we suddenly ad libbing a pledge drive? 
<laughs> when did this happen? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. If somebody has some ideas of like something that you want. Do you want a fucking tote bag? Because I'm not making you a tote bag. <laughs> <laughs> do you want Butterface on a pillow? We oh, you can that. buy that from my Threadless account. <laughs> um, Threadless.com slash John Walter, I think. I don't know. <laughs> If you if you if you want us to sing you a little ditty, maybe we'll do that for you, or I will. Oh, no, um, I should sing it. <laughs> you, you, yeah, right. You get what you pay for. You get what you pay for. <laughs> uh, or you know, if you're just thinking, hey, we'd like to just you know help you fund this a little bit because we know that uh, you know fees on uh, what is what is the name of our Donald Faison? No, no, uh, he's in he's on Scrubs. Squ- Squarespace fees on Squarespace are are, are, are a little pricey. So. Squarespace.com, folks, uh, build it beautiful. Uh, where's my money? <laughs> <laughs> there, I did another ad. Good job, honey. Good job. Uh, uh, anyway, so that's so just a few things to just mention out there. If you th- you're thinking about like, hey, I love this podcast and I want to help them continue, that would be great. Yeah. We. By the way, we have none of this set up now, so I don't know what we're talking about in this episode for. But uh... well, somebody here's the thing: if somebody tweets us or posts something on the Facebook page that says, "Hey, I'm interested in helping you. This is something I want, or this is something I'm interested in doing, or Hey, you, you could it. use this." <laughs> That's not gonna happen. Nobody wants us. Nobody wants us. Nobody's interested in us. God Aww. bless this baby. Has just been gnawing on me for like five minutes straight now. Zombie baby, I chew okay. your finger Wow, too. you know, we talked, we finished talking about the movie literally 30 minutes ago, I all think. All right, y'all. And uh, all right, have a great rest of your October. Ooh, Ooh. spooky. <laughs> Happy Halloween. And uh, this has been a Match Made in Space signing off. Adios and more podcasts. What do you think this is all about? You think this is a fucking costume? This is a way of life.